passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, August 7th, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. Steve, Buckeyes now four practices deep, five practices deep after today. Um, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, other than Justin Fields, and we know that's a huge story, um, what's kind of standing up to you the most? Is it the offensive line? Is it some of the new receivers, uh, some of the running backs? Just what, uh, what stands out to you offensively so far from camp? Well, first of all, I think it's the amount of depth and quality depth they have on the offensive line. To me, that's been very impressive. When you can look out there and say, hey, are they going to find a place for Josh Alabi and Nicholas Petit-Frere and Harry Miller and all these other guys that they've got who are providing depth, I think it's very exciting that uh, the offensive line is going to be even though there aren't a number of guys who've started games at Ohio State, just a couple of them with Munford and Bowen, and I guess Davis started the last two games last year, yet I think to me they've got the potential to be very good, and the bodies that they put on the field are very impressive. I mean, you know, it, it's it's like a six six three ten across the way there, and very impressive. Uh, I think Josh Myers is... Uh, nailing down that center spot, I think, uh, you know, again, the depth. I mean, Matthew Jones, I didn't mention him. He'd be in the mix, too. So uh, you have a lot of uh, guys who came to Ohio State as highly recruited offensive linemen and are living up to that uh, that billing. That's one. And the other one was the layup line I saw basically at wide receiver. They were having these guys run. Uh, it's crazy, this route that they were running. It was a crossing route. This has got to be an NFL design where they take three steps off the line of scrimmage, come back like they're going to catch a screen, and then go on a crossing route. And this was something that they ran over and over and over. And you, you watch them do it, and there goes uh, you know, K.J. Hill. There goes Ben Victor. There goes... Uh, Chris Olave, there goes Garrett Wilson, there goes Jamison Williams, there goes Jalen Harris. I mean, it's one after another after another, and you're just astounded with the playmaking and the depth that they have at wide receiver. I think they're three deep at that position, at each all three positions, and uh, that's going to be a great luxury because you can run those guys – 
against uh, the cornerbacks and then sub them out. And if the other team doesn't sub out their corners, you know, it's just a battle of attrition at some point. So I think uh, with with the tired guys trying to chase down the fresh guys. So to me, I think those are the two areas that really stand out is the offensive line and the wide receivers, just the, the depth. I mean, my goodness, I, I've never been a big person for – uh, subbing on the offensive line, I figure you get your five-man group and, and you get them together, and that keeps the false starts and the missed assignments to a minimum. But if there's quality across there, I wouldn't be adverse to subbing there either. So um, I'm I'm excited to see, uh, as Ryan Day said on Big Ten Network last night, we've got a lot of offense. <laughs> so that's that's kind of a cool thing to hear the coach say. One position where they might not have quality depth, I mean, they might eventually, but they might not, is running back. Um, when we were out there the other day, Master Teague was working on the side. Uh, Coach Day stopped short of, of saying that Demario McCall is the backup running back. In fact, he said, we don't have a legitimate backup running back. You, you can tell they want Demario McCall to take that job and run with it. Um, no pun intended, but I'll say pun intended on that one, maybe. Um, you know, but I, I do feel like Demario McCall is going to, you know, he'll earn that job, but he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. He missed all of spring. Uh, how do you th- see things shaking out at running back? Obviously, Dobbins is going to be the starter, but if you're a Buckeye fan, would you be concerned about depth there? Well, I think you're concerned up until the point of the season starting and, and we get into the games and we see that if it's not going to be Master Teague, then I think DeMar McCall got in there last year against Maryland, and he only had eight carries for the entire season, but he, he averaged about six yards a carry. And I know you know it's a small sample size, but I think that uh, in some situations he could be a change-up back for them. They could throw the ball to him out of the backfield, certainly. Uh, Master Teague has, you know, very impressed with him in the spring, and I want to see how he takes it to another level. Is he the next guy in waiting, or is it going to be, you know, one of those other guys, Steel Chambers, uh, Marcus Crowley, also in camp now, and, and they're really learning the ropes it was very interesting to me, um, while some of the backs were doing that pass-catching drill, uh, a couple of the younger guys were overworking exclusively on uh, pass protection. And that is so important, so vital, that when you keep the back in, that uh, the back keeps the uh, whoever leaks through off the quarterback. So um, I think that, uh, again, they're learning those young guys up. It's a process, and you don't get from point A to point B very quickly, although Dobbins, you know, he certainly was shoved in there at, a, at an early age when Mike Weber wasn't available the first year, uh, at least the beginning of the season. So uh, I think that it's going to be interesting to see. But, you know, McCall is a good enough player to handle it. It's just whether he can hold up over the, the, the test of time because – He's always been banged up, and he's never lived up to his full potential. And uh, he's got uh, the potential to be a game-breaking type player. So I'm excited. You know, let's get into the season. And I know, you know, it's early in camp. There's still plenty of time to get the reps that they need to make it work. And let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball, Steve. Um, you know, that defensive line, they're just unbelievably good and 
incredibly deep. I mean, there's just and no one's working on the side. That's like, that's one thing. There was like eight guys working on the side the other day, which wasn't that many. But there's nobody from the defensive line working on the side. And I made the comment like they could have like ten guys injured on the defensive line and still be fine. I mean, that's how deep they are. A little bit of, a, of an exaggeration there, but other than the D line, what kind of stands out defensively to you? What are you kind of watching the most? The linebackers, secondary. What what uh, what has Steve Hellwagon's uh, attention the most on the defensive side of the ball? Well, again, we haven't had a chance to watch a whole lot of 11-on-11, if any, is my recollection. But um, you do see some of the snippets that have been put up, and there have been some passes completed. But at the same time, uh, the secondary has done a good job. They had four takeaways yesterday, according to Coach Day, four interceptions, two by Josh Proctor, one by Jordan Fuller, didn't catch who the other one was. I'm hoping to, to watch some of those highlights both from Ohio State's Twitter and also Big Ten Network, and maybe we'll get a, a feel for what some of those plays were. But I think the the big thing is that, that, to me, that's something Ohio State didn't do a year ago. There were no takeaways to speak of by the defense, so that's important. And I think some of that had to do with you know losing Nick Bosa because had he been there, the pressure would have been much more and they would have had some strip sacks and – they would have had some interceptions, probably uh, a few more. But uh, I think the defensive line sets the tone with constant pressure and making the quarterbacks on the opposing team uncomfortable. And I think that that is where it all begins. And then from there, your linebackers play off of that and uh, your secondary is able to take some risks and do some different things just because you have great pressure up front and the ball's got to come out. So... To me, I think it's a, a thing where the defense is starting to put the pieces together with Jeff Halfley. He had a, a segment yesterday with Jerry DiNardo where he was explaining each aspect of the backpedal drill that the cornerbacks were doing and the safeties and explaining exactly what they were looking for in each motion the guys were making. And to me, that's that's where football begins is with those fundamentals and taking the right step, taking the right first step, you know, with the right leg or the left leg, you know, you get what I'm saying with the proper leg and these kind of things. And these are the these are the traits that you have to teach winning football players every day in practice. If they're taking bad steps and 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 not doing things the proper way, they're going to give up big plays. We saw that uh, last year, although a lot of people think it was scheme related. Uh, with whatever that was that uh, the greatly troubled Greg Schiano was was trying to do, uh, but I digress. So at any rate, um, I think you got to be excited as an Ohio State fan. Um, the potential is there to be absolutely dynamite. I think when you put it all together, but again, it is a process and a maturation, and just. You want to see they have to take each of these steps every day all the way until August 31st and then beyond there make the proper adjustments after they've played a few games and and really tweak it. But I'm excited about the direction right now. I'm with you 100%. Um, I want to close the show talking about something really fun. The basketball tournament wrapped up last night and the Ohio State alumni team, Carmen's Mm -hmm. crew, won the $2 million championship 
They beat the Marquette alumni team, the Golden Eagles, 66-60 to with the, the Elam ending, of course. I mean, how exciting. I mean, this is just – when I first heard about this thing, you know, when they started it four or five years ago, I'm like, eh, it's never going to catch on. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, it is so exciting. Just seeing, like, Aaron Kraft and William Buford and David Lighty and John Debo and Evan Ravenel playing together again. And they also have some guys, you know, like the Gibbs kid, the six-foot-two power forward. I shouldn't call him a kid. The Gibbs man, Jeff Gibbs uh, from uh, Otterbein. Um, yeah, he's a six-two power forward. Anyway, it was just really cool to see these guys win the championship. They knocked off overseas elite in the semifinals, the team that had won the championship the first four years. So just really cool to see Carmen's crew win that title last night, Steve. Oh, I agree, Dave. And the uncrowned national champions from 2011, you know, that was the guts of the team, plus Jared Sullinger, who was their coach. And as I understand it, he's got a professional contract in China and uh, very lucrative and did not want to you know, risk an injury in this tournament uh, to uh, risk uh, his contract. But he was the coach of this team. And it was fun to watch them play. Uh, William Buford is playing the best basketball of his life right now. And I would agree with uh, Fran Fraschella, who said, I can't believe this guy. And I know Dean Dockett had said it earlier, I can't believe this guy isn't on an NBA roster somewhere. So uh, maybe that'll get him a look. I mean, he's got to be late 20s by now. But uh, he was getting buckets all over the court. Uh, Lighty, you know, what can you say about him? He's such a glue guy, gets all the tough rebounds and does all the, the dirty work and defends. Uh, Kraft is still Kraft, although now he's sticking shots from all over the court, and he was driving to the basket for clutch layups. And that Elam ending, I mean, you just can't uh, say enough how much excitement that brings in a sense of urgency uh, to the end of the game. And it, to my way of thinking, Dave, if you've dominated – you know, in this case, they play a 36-minute game, four nine-minute quarters. If you've dominated a 40- or 36-minute game for 90% of it, you know, the other team should have to do something extraordinary at the end uh, to beat you. And obviously, uh, yesterday, it was, uh, I think the uh, Carmen's crew was up two and immediately fell behind by two, I believe, uh, during the Elam ending, but then uh, Diebler had the steal for the layup. And, of course, Buford uh, closed it out with uh, – he got fouled on a defensive rebound 88 feet from the basket, and you lose $2 million because some guy was hanging on Buford, you know, on a defensive rebound. That's amazing. And they stuck the two free throws, and uh, the guys each going to make in the one hundred dollars to $200,000 range for their participation and uh, – you know, good for them. I mean, they fought for this last year uh, and, uh, you know, knocked off the four-time defending champions overseas elite and really deserved that uh, top prize and uh, so happy for them. Jared Sullinger may have a uh, future as a coach, kind of following <laughs> in his daddy's footsteps. He could be uh, a guy down the line who uh, who uh, could go Jawan Howard on us and, and be a coach somewhere someday, but... Uh, you know, I uh, it's just so much fun to see those guys playing and smiling and having fun and celebrating, and uh, it just really shows the camaraderie that they've built with one another. It was real with Thad Mata, and I know Chris Holtman has an open door policy now there with the uh, the older guys, and you know some of the guys who've made money in the NBA, like Evan Turner, have come back and donated 
money for facilities and everything else, and, and D'Angelo Russell as well is probably in that group too. So, you know, that's that's what it takes. And I think was was Mike Conley at courtside last night, Dave, or who who was that, that they were going over to celebrate? I, I don't know. I, he might have been. I don't know. I, I didn't personally see him, but he might have been. He might have been. I don't know. He, he see he and Lighty came in together uh, as part of that big recruiting that class. Yeah, the Thad yeah. Five. But uh, you know, just think of the guys who weren't there: Deshaun Thomas, Greg Oden, uh, B.J. Mullins, who played with him a little bit last year, and they had a little bit of a falling out with the guys over money. Um, you know, this team could honestly uh, come back next year and add maybe an Oden or a certainly Deshaun Thomas, who was going to play this year, and just imagine how much better they could be with a couple of those guys. So, you know, now we're talking TBT hot stove league here, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, for the uh, summer, they got they got us to uh, training camp. We got uh, Bengals and Browns preseason this weekend. We got, I think, Browns Redskins tomorrow night with Haskins and McLaurin against Denzel Ward and uh, for at least a few plays, and uh, that that should be a lot of fun, too. Great stuff, as always, from Steve Hellwagon. Thank you very much, Steve, and thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. fantasy warriors i'm heath cummings your guide to fantasy dominance on fft dynasty join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy if if i was adam with the team that he's built will levis makes so much more sense and that's not all we're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 nfl draft prospect profiles uncover hidden gems that'll elevate your roster to legendary status after Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now, and together, we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.